everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. We are glad that you are here. My name is Jenny. And I'm Tony. <laughs> and so we've got just a couple of announcements for you. Um, you know, there's a lot of distance and it's a difficult thing. And I think what we're trying to do as a church is just provide um, the best that we can in experience for your entire family. And so we have tried to use all the outlets that we have available to us to provide some, um, an opportunity to engage in a biblical sort of way. And so we've done that through our social media outlets for our kids and, and CC kids, um, CC students, um, for, the, for the Loop family. Um, also Tiny Tosh, JB's been doing some awesome stuff there. So um, yeah, get on social media and check these, these pages out. Um, because there's, we're, it's what we can do. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's what we can do. We're they're trying. doing an amazing job. They so, really are. Yeah, make sure to check that out. It's really fun because you can go to church, kids can go to church at the same time. So. <laughs> also, uh, we wanted to remind you all that our 24-7 prayer event um, is going to be starting and you can go onto our website as well as to our Facebook page and you can sign up for one of these slots that we're going to be praying 24 hours for seven days um, from Palm Sunday until Easter morning. Um, so please make sure to uh, click on that link on our website and sign up for one of the time slots there. It's going to be a really cool, cool, fun community event that we're doing together. Yeah. We're also going to be having a Good Friday service that will be um, a broadcast with a live chat. Um, we'd love to see you guys interacting there and offering your feedback on there. Um, and that'll be on Good Friday, April 10th, uh, 6.30 or uh, 8.30. Um, Pick, pick which one you want to Yes, for. put the kids to bed and maybe you can experience. Yeah. Right. <laughs> also, we have some uh, Easter events that are going to be happening on Easter Sunday. Um, starting off with a 7 a.m. Facebook Live um, event that Pastor Allen's going to be doing um, at sunrise. So tune into our Facebook page at 7 a.m. on Easter Sunday for that. That's going to be really fun. And on Easter Sunday, we will have our Easter services and they will be broadcast on our YouTube channel at 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m. Um, also, you can access our uh, service on our website as well. So I think that's about all we have for you guys this week. There's a lot actually going on. So we just encourage you guys to just continue, you know, checking in, chiming in on social media, stay connected as best you can, uh, try to maintain positivity in the midst of all this. There is silver lining, there is love, there's family. Um, yeah, have, have a good week, church. Yes. Enjoy the service. Hello and welcome. My name's Michael, I'm one of the pastors here. And man, it is so good uh, to be with you. Um, thank you for clicking on that link. Thank for, thanks for uh, checking out this video. Man, we really do believe with all of our heart that, um, that God wants to do something significant in our time here together. Um, so whether you're watching on one of our live streams or throughout the week, um, I hope you feel like this is a place uh, where you can just, I'm not going to, I'm never, I don't like that. <laughs> Hoo yeah! Hello and welcome. My name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Community. And it is so good to be with you. Thanks so much for, uh, for joining us. Thanks for clicking on that link and uh, welcoming us into your day today. Man, we truly are excited to see what God is going to do in our time here 
together. Um, so no matter what kind of week you've had, um, what kind of ups and downs you've had, can we just maybe just start our time together just by taking a deep breath in and out? Let's do it together. Ready? And as we take that breath, Father, we just welcome you into this place today. We just block out all the things that are going on around us, and we just set aside time right now to focus on you. Friends, that's what we're here to do today. Um, today is actually a, a significant day in the church calendar. It's a, it's a day that we call Palm Sunday. And Palm Sunday starts, is the first day of, of Holy Week. And for me, it kind of conjures up a lot of really significant memories for me as a kid growing up in the church. I grew up in a very liturgical church. And um, it was pretty much the one Sunday out of the year where I wasn't constantly having my leg pinched and like my finger like snapped at me and telling me to be quiet um, because I was actually able to be a part of the service. So me and all of my, my peers would come down as little kids waving palm branches and singing Hosanna in the highest. And we got to actually be a part of that service that day. Now, obviously here we are in 2020, Palm Sunday looks a lot different. But as I was reading through the passage uh, that we're gonna, I'm going to read through here in a moment in John, um, it's amazing to me how the word of God just kind of jumps out at us and meets us exactly where we're at. So what I want to do is I want to read this passage, and then I'm going to pray over us, and then we're going to actually read the Hosanna part together as we go into worship. So let's, let me, let me, let me uh, show you this passage in John chapter 12, verse 12. This is what it says. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it as it is written, do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt. And that passage that really stuck out to me was that last verse that we read where it said, do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming. Friends, how beautiful is it that on this day that we celebrate Palm Sunday, that that verse just kind of happens to be right in the middle where, where the prophet is, is admonishing the people of Israel, do not be afraid. Your king is coming. And I want to just kind of take a second as we go into worship and pray into that. And so, Father, we just, we, we receive that. God, we receive that encouragement, uh, that exhortation from your heart to us that says, do not be afraid, my son. Do not be afraid, my daughter, because your king is coming. And with your kingdom, Father, comes a kingdom of peace. With your kingdom, Father, comes a, a kingdom of great love, a kingdom, a kingdom of joy, a kingdom of kindness, a kingdom of healing, a kingdom of wholeness. And Father, today as we engage in this service together, we welcome the King to come. We welcome you to come into this space that we're in right now welcome you to come. So friends, as we go into worship, I encourage you, why don't you declare this with me? Hosanna, 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Let's worship together today.
Hey, Christ community, so glad you are joining us wherever you are, in your living room, in your car. I got a text from a friend last week saying his deceased grandfather, who was a pastor, would be rolling in his grave as my friend was sitting in his hot tub drinking a beer while watching my message. So however you are engaging in this, we are glad you are. We are together in this as a spiritual family. We now, um, by the way, we now have in place a YouTube channel where many people from around the world are joining us, so welcome to all of you. So today is, is, is Palm Sunday, um, leading us into Holy Week, um, and I just wanted to let you know there are several ways that we can engage together in the significance of this week, even though we are physically distancing. One is a 24-7 prayer event that started this morning. And we'll go until Easter morning. Like so many of you, I had this huge burden on my heart for us to be praying for God's power to be poured out, for, for healing, for health workers, for those battling anxiety. So I invite you, I urge you, really, grab your phone right now, go to our website, click on the link, and sign up for a 30-minute time slot during this week or more time slots if you have time available. And my heart is that we would have prayer happening every minute 
of this coming week leading up to Easter, praying for God to move in power. So please try to find slots that are completely open so that we can fill up the entire week with prayer. We're also going to be having a virtual Good Friday service going on um, and a virtual Easter sunrise service live from my backyard, uh, just me and our dogs. Um, and then, of course, our Easter services. I mean, even in the midst of all this physical distancing, the potential impact of our Easter service is, is significant. We encourage you to invite friends and family members who are not connected to a church to watch one of our online services, which will bring hope to all of us, hopefully, in the, in the midst of this pandemic. Again, the impact could be huge. So let's go for it, all right? Let's work together to make this Holy Week a huge kingdom win. All right, well, let me, let me pray. God, thank you for this week, for the opportunities in it. We pray that we would engage in all that you have for us this week as we reflect on the significance of all that you have done for us. And Father, I pray right now you would speak to our hearts from your word. I pray that you would fill me, Holy Spirit, with your message for all of us and that we would hear you speak. So come, Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we are finishing up a four-week series entitled Love This Book. My heart and prayer in this series and in this crazy season that we're in right now is for God to stir in our hearts a growing love for the Bible. I mean, even with all of its complexities and difficulties and challenges to love this book. And the reason we want to love this book is because Jesus loved this book. That is our starting point. As we've been saying throughout this series, we don't trust in Jesus because we trust the Bible. We trust the Bible because we trust in Jesus. In other words, our faith doesn't start with the Bible. Our faith starts with Jesus. We are followers of Jesus. And we know from various eyewitness accounts that Jesus loved the Bible. He trusted it. He quoted it. He leaned on it in times of difficulty. He based his teachings on it. His life was transformed by the Bible. So as followers of Jesus, that means that we too can have our lives transformed by this book as we learn to approach it the way Jesus did. So in this series, we've talked about how Jesus viewed the Bible as a, as a unified story. That was week one. We looked at how the Bible is both, he, looked, he viewed the Bible as both a divine and human book. That was week two. And then last week, we looked at how to interpret this book correctly, especially as it relates to these difficult passages that we sometimes struggle with. So if you missed any of those messages, I encourage you to engage with them online. Well, today, I, I really, I wanna, I've been looking forward to this week. I, I really want to bring this series home by, by focusing on how the Bible can transform our lives personally. And this is especially relevant to us in the midst of the pandemic that we're in with the steady stream of discouraging news that we are hearing almost every hour of every day and the challenging realities we're facing economically and emotionally. In the midst of all of this, we can easily begin to feel overwhelmed with fear and, and despair. Well, the Bible, friends, the Bible is God's gift to us and can provide us incredible strength and encouragement and help 
to us in the midst of this crisis. So the key question is, how do we engage the Bible? How do we engage the Bible in such a way that it actually speaks to us personally and it provides this kind of encouragement and help? How can our lives be, be transformed by this book? Well, Jesus shows us, Jesus shows us. There's a phrase that he used over and over again throughout his teaching that really, I think, helps unlock this transformative aspect of the Bible, the scriptures in our lives. So here's the phrase. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Jesus is saying that not everyone who hears his words is actually impacted by his words. In other words, just reading the Bible doesn't necessarily mean that we will be impacted by the Bible. The religious leaders of Jesus' day knew the Bible, but they missed the impact of the Bible personally. They, they didn't have ears to hear. You see, Jesus is distinguishing between two very different ways that people approach the Bible. One is to engage the Bible for information, to read the Bible primarily for information, for facts and knowledge. The way, you know, we might read a newspaper or, or we might peruse a, a news website. But the second way to engage the Bible is not for information. It is for transformation, to actually welcome the Bible into our hearts and our minds, into our very being. So the question is, how do we get the word of God into our hearts and our minds so that it transforms us? Well, there is a specific practice that Jesus embraced, a practice that was rooted in his Bible, our Old Testament. It's a practice described in multiple places, but it's vividly described in the book of Psalms, the first Psalm, Psalm 1, which as a Jew, Jesus would have been very familiar with. Um, the Psalm 1 really was or is kind of the gateway, the foundation for, for the Psalms. Um, and so Jesus would have been very familiar with this. Um, and so, so, so let me, in fact, if it's not too weird, wherever you are, um, if it doesn't feel too weird, let's read this out loud together. If you're able to read this out loud, feel free to read this out loud with me. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers." I mean, there is no doubt that Jesus was very familiar with this psalm. And in fact, we see a connection between Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and this passage. Both describe this kind of blessing of being, of being whole, of, of, of being spiritually strong and mature. So notice the key to experiencing this kind of life. Blessed are those who meditate on God's word. Now, this word meditate is the Hebrew word hagah, which means to ponder, to muse, to imagine, to reflect upon, to let ruminate. The, 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 that word ruminate comes from a Latin word meaning to chew food over and over again, like cows chewing their cud. 
For centuries, Christians have used the cow's practice of digestion as a symbol, as a picture of what meditating on the Bible is. Cows can spend up to eight hours chewing the cud to get the full nourishment of it. So that the way we get the full nourishment and transformational impact of the Bible is by meditating on it, by taking time to think about and ponder and chew on it, giving room for the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts from the scripture that we're reading. See, meditation like this is so countercultural, really. It's, it's so countercultural because it requires us to slow down in the text. This isn't about speed reading. This isn't about just, oh, I read it, so I just check off a list. This is about slowing down in the passage, stopping to ponder, to reflect, to imagine being in that moment, to ingest into our soul some truth that the Holy Spirit wants to whisper to us in that passage. Now, this is something that, in a weird way, many of us have more time for right now. I mean, a shelter-at-home order has created this space to actually not be in as much of a hurry as we typically may have been in, right? To not be in a hurry, to slow down and to do, to actually do what this is describing, to meditate on God's word. See, that's the key to being transformed by the Bible. That's the key to our being like a tree planted by, by a stream of water. I mean, don't you love that picture? Can you imagine that picture in your mind? Can you see it? This, this tree that is planted by a stream so that no matter if there's a drought or there's a storm, no matter what season it is, that tree is still bearing fruit. It's still thriving. It's, it's still standing strong because... It is drawing its nourishment from the stream. I mean, don't we all long for that? The psalmist says here, this is what meditating on the word will do in our lives. It will make us like a tree planted by a stream of water so that no matter what is happening around us, drought, difficulties, job loss, coronaviruses, 401k plummeting, no matter what's happening around us, we are standing strong. We are bearing fruit because our soul is drawing nourishment from God's word. God is pouring life into our minds and our hearts through this book. Now, I know many people you know, struggle with this idea of meditation. Um, for some, some of us, it may feel like some new age, you know, activity, some Eastern mysticism, but actually it is totally different. It's totally different. In new age mysticism, or excuse me, in new age meditation, the goal is to empty yourself and your mind. But in biblical meditation, the goal is to fill your mind with God's truth. Very different, very different. But the other reason that we may feel uncomfortable with this idea of meditation is because it, see, it just, honestly, it just seems so foreign. It just seems so foreign to our lives. But, but here's the deal. Every one of us meditates. <laughs> 
Every one of us meditates, whether we realize it or not. We all spend time meditating. We all spend time thinking about and mulling over certain things in our minds. You know, our stock market portfolio, which is down 30%, or our future, or the latest theories about the coronavirus, or what we can purchase next on Amazon Prime, or our, our next home project, or what other people think of us, or what people are doing on social media, or, or, or what some show, what's happening on some show that we're binge-watching on Netflix. We all spend time meditating. We all spend time meditating on things. See, the key question is, what are we meditating on? I mean, in reality, worry is just a form of meditation. Worry is just a form of meditation where where we're thinking about and trying to figure out our circumstances and our future as we lie awake at night. That's a form of meditation but not one that leads to the blessed experience of Psalm 1. That form of meditation leads to panic and anxiety and lots of sleeplessness. Whatever we meditate on begins shaping our lives. I mean, if you're, if you're spending hours watching the latest news about the coronavirus, that is shaping you. That is shaping you. I'm guessing it's causing fear to take a greater hold in your life. Why? Because you're thinking about the present and the future without God in the picture. I heard someone recently define anxiety as imagining the future without Jesus. That's what we're doing when we're spending hours focusing on what health experts and pundits and celebrities are saying about the coronavirus. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't stay updated on this stuff, but I also want us to understand that we are being shaped by whatever we're spending most of our time thinking about and pondering and meditating on. More and more neuroscience research is revealing how our thinking actually shapes and rewires our brain. This is, this is amazing. What we think about actually creates neuropathways in our brains. And the more we think on that particular pathway, the deeper and more entrenched that particular pathway, that thinking becomes. See, this is what Psalm 1 is actually describing for us, but in a good way. In a good way. When we choose to meditate on God's word, it shapes our thinking and ultimately our living. Okay, so let's get practical here. How, how do we meditate on the Bible? Let me mention a few logistical things that, that I have found helpful. First of all, carve out a regular time for this in your life rhythm. This will not happen automatically. I mean, think about it. When, when we have a, a, a moment of free time, most of us don't instinctively reach for the Bible. You know, we don't instinctively read the Bible. We, we grab our phone. We go online. We watch TV. We work on a home project. We check out Instagram or the latest TikTok video or whatever. We don't instinctively make time for God's word. So this is something that we must intentionally schedule into our lives. If we don't, it won't happen. So I find personally, I find that morning works best for me before the day gets going, but you have to find the time and the rhythm that works best for you. Second key, find a place where you can be alone with Jesus and make this a relational encounter. I like to begin my time by taking a minute or two to quiet my heart to do some spiritual breathing, Holy Spirit on the inhale, you know, breathe on me, just, just um, quieting my heart, uh, welcoming the Spirit's presence, and then asking him to speak to me. 
Because the Holy Spirit is the one who makes the Bible come alive in our hearts by speaking to us personally from the Bible. So make it a relational encounter. Third key is have a plan. Have a plan. In my experience, having some sort of Bible reading plan can be really helpful. Otherwise, it's easy to get overwhelmed with where to read that day. Okay, I have some time to read. Where do I start? It can be overwhelming. Now, there are so many Bible reading plans out there. If, if you download the version Bible app, there are hundreds of different plans. But let me mention another option for us as a church to do together during this season. We have just created a Bible reading plan that starts tomorrow and goes through Pentecost Sunday, which is May 31st. We thought it would be really cool for us as a church to be meditating on the same passage of Scripture each day, and then to be able to share what God is saying to us with other people. And so we have created a Facebook Bible Connection Group, Christ Community Facebook Bible Connection Group, that you can join. And its purpose, its purpose is to interact with each other about the passage that we're meditating on that day, any insights that we have, any questions we have, or whatever. So you can find this Christ Community Bible reading plan. You can find the plan on our website, on our app, and on the Facebook, in the Facebook reading group, and also as a link on YouTube. Again, this plan will start tomorrow. It, it starts tomorrow, April 6th. Here's the fourth key. Whatever plan you're using, read slowly and prayerfully. This is, this is the most important aspect of letting the Bible transform us. This, again, this is not speed reading. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Reading slowly and prayerfully enables us to have ears to hear what the Spirit is wanting to say to us. So this is why our Christ Community Bible reading plan that we just put together, this is why there's this plan for the next several weeks. It's focusing on only one book of the Bible, the book of John, which is an amazing description of Jesus' life and teaching. So we have divided this book into appropriate sized passages so that we would have time. It's not multiple chapters each day, just appropriate sized passages so that we would have time each day to actually slow down in the passage, in the text. We also started the plan with the crucifixion and resurrection narratives in the book of John. And so, so, that as you're, so that as you're reading this week, you can be focusing on what Jesus did for you on the cross. Okay, so, so whatever passage you're in, as you're reading slowly and prayerfully, pay attention to any words or any phrases or maybe a verse or a thought that, that shimmers in other words, it just, it just sort of stands out to you as you're reading. And as that happens, settle right there for a moment. Don't keep reading. Just kind of settle down right there for a moment and ask God, okay, God, what, what are you saying to me here? Maybe it's a truth about who he is or what he has done, and you just want to thank him for that. Maybe it's an area, a specific area in your life that he's pointing out, a gentle correction for you. And, and so when you feel like God is saying something to you, reflect on that. Maybe turn it into a prayer to him or, or write it down in a, in a journal. If you keep a journal, just write it down in a journal. Or maybe write that verse 
on an index card and take that card with you. And then whenever you have an extra minute or two, you're at a stoplight or, or you're home or whatever, you have a minute or two, instead of grabbing your phone, grab that card. Maybe before you go to bed, just grab that card and chew on that verse again. Now, now please hear me. Th this is not a sprint. This is a lifestyle. You know, trees don't grow strong and large overnight. This is a long-term way of living where we are regularly ingesting God's word into our minds and our soul through the practice of meditation. And the impact of this over time can be significant. We see this in, the, in Jesus' life. As a rabbi, Jesus obviously had spent lots of time meditating on the Bible. And this practice, it's fascinating to see, this practice actually started very early on in his life. Luke tells us a story in Luke chapter 2 about how when Jesus was 12 years old, his parents had lost him. And after an intense three-day-long search, they finally found him. So where was he? Look at this. In, in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers listening to them and asking them questions. He's 12 years old, and he's thinking about and pondering the scriptures. You know, let me just say, for those of you young people who are watching this, now is the time to establish this in your life. Now is the time to follow the way of Jesus, to spend time in his word, letting God's spirit shape you and speak to you and influence your thinking about life and about yourself and about God. I mean, the impact will be huge. If you start now as a young person, the impact will be huge over the course of your life. For all of us, whenever we're starting, wherever we're starting, the impact of this practice of meditating on the Bible, the impact can be significant in our lives. Okay, so let's, let's talk about specific impacts. What are some specific ways that meditating on Scripture can impact our lives? Well, let me, let me highlight just a few from actually from the life of Jesus. Okay, one, one impact is to remind us of our true identity. In that Luke 2 passage that we looked at just a moment ago, when Jesus' parents finally find him and they express their frustration at him, um, look at Jesus' response. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? I mean, even at the age of 12, Jesus had this understanding of his identity as God's beloved son, an understanding that was obviously reinforced in his time spent meditating on his Bible. So let me just say, for me personally, of all the ways that Scripture helps me, this has to be one of the most significant for me personally, this continual reminder of who I am in Jesus, that, that in him... I am a beloved son of God, that he is my father who loves me and cares for me and leads me. I need that reminder all the time because I can get so focused on what other people think of me or how I'm measuring success or whatever that I lose sight of this critically important truth of who I am in him. You know, this, this is one of the reasons that I, I spend so much time reflecting on Psalm 23 
it, it provides this beautiful reminder to my heart of who God is and who I am in him. I often will, re- will just begin repeating these words as I lay down to go to sleep. I'll just repeat these words, Lord, you are my shepherd. I have everything I need. I'm just reflecting on these words. I have everything I need in you. You restore my soul. You walk with me through dark valleys. I'm just meditating on that. For, for, for Jesus and for us, the Bible provides this much-needed reminder of our identity as beloved sons and daughters of God. Well, another way meditating on the Bible can impact us is to strengthen us in times of testing. Early on in Jesus' ministry, he goes on this 40-day fast, and in the midst of this fast, he is tested by the devil. The word can mean either test or temptation. He's tested by the devil. And look at this. The tempter came to him and said, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. See, this is a test. Will he look to God for his needs or will he try to control the situation on his own? So notice Jesus' response. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. What is Jesus doing here? He's quoting the Bible. He is quoting scripture. He didn't have a cool Bible app on his phone. He didn't have a Bible in his hand. He knew the scripture. He had meditated on these truths so that when he needed it, when he needed these truths, he could quote them. He could rely on them. Friends, we are are in a season in which our faith is being tested. Our faith is being tested. We we, we hear the whispers, God isn't really there. God isn't in control. There's no hope. We hear those whispers. And let me just say, without the practice of meditating on the Bible, these thoughts can begin to take root in our hearts and lives and influence us. But by meditating on the Bible, we can find strength in the truth that God is with us and there is hope in him. Like Jesus, we can use God's word as a sword of truth against the lies and the whispers of our enemy and instead to declare it is written. That's what I'm gonna focus on. It is written. Well, a, a, a third way Our third impact of meditating on the Bible is to provide us solidarity in our suffering. Again, as I mentioned before, this is Holy Week, and on on Good Friday, we'll be gathering virtually to remember the cross of Christ. And Matthew tells us that after three hours of hanging on the cross, experiencing excruciating pain, and being mocked by, by by some of the people standing there, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In this moment of excruciating pain, not only physically, but the emotional pain of feeling separated from his father, in this moment, notice what naturally, instinctively comes out of Jesus' mouth and heart. Scripture. Scripture. In this place of intense agony, Jesus is quoting from Psalm 22, 
where David, in his anguish, cried out to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, notice, Jesus is not running away from God. No, Jesus is experiencing his suffering in God's presence. And the Bible is giving him language to do that. The scripture gives Jesus language to his pain, language in his pain. As we've been talking about in this series, the Bible is not only a divine book, it, it is also a human book. And in it, we find real people experiencing excruciating pain and difficulties, and they're brutally honest about it. The Psalms are filled with this brutal honesty about life. God, where are you? How long, O oh Lord? Why have you forsaken me? See, in, in, in the midst of Jesus' suffering, he found in the Bible a solidarity with others who suffered. And we can as well. I remember hearing a pastor talk about how whenever he was feeling anxious or depressed or, or some other negative emotion, he would just start reading, the, reading in the Psalms until he found a psalm where the psalmist was actually expressing the very emotion he was feeling. And then he would just stop there. He would camp out there in that passage, letting those words become his heart cry to the Lord in the midst of the darkness that he was going through. So the other day I did this um, in the midst of a battle going on in my heart with fear and, and discouragement. I just started reading the psalms. And I found this psalm, Psalm 62, that, and I just began to meditate on it, let it let, meditate on it, letting its truths fill my heart. I, I've, I've truly felt God pouring into my soul in that moment. I felt him transforming that moment in my heart. See, all these examples of Jesus using the Bible show us how much he leaned on it in his time on earth. So if Jesus needed the Bible in his experience of life on earth, how could we possibly go without it? Friends, we have an amazing resource to not only help us weather this storm, but to actually thrive in it to be like a tree planted by streams of water. That resource is the Bible, which provides strength and encouragement and truth and wisdom and peace and hope. And, and you know what? The, the ultimate reason, this is really important, the ultimate reason the Bible provides this for us is because, as we said earlier in this series, the Bible points us to Jesus the Bible enables us to encounter Jesus, the one whom the Apostle John describes as being the Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God. That's why I love this book. That's why we can love this book. It's because it draws us into a deeper relationship with Jesus himself. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear and become like a tree planted by a stream of water. Amen. Let's pray together. So let's just quiet our heart for a moment. Holy Spirit, we want you to speak to us right now. We pray that you would speak to each one of us right now.
And let me just ask, what is Jesus saying to you about spending time in his word? Is this a consistent part of your life right now? Is this a consistent part of your life? And if it's not, how can you make it be a consistent part of your life? What would that look like? Just talk to the Lord about that for a moment. In the quiet of your heart, just talk to the Lord. What would that look like to make this a consistent part of your life? And, and let me ask, if it is a, cons- a pretty consistent part of your life, are you truly meditating on his word? Or are you just sort of checking off things? Are you, are you truly meditating, slowing down in the passage? So Lord, as we set aside time to engage in your word, would you, we ask you to open our hearts to receive all that you have for us. Would you help us experience Jesus in the Bible in a personal way? And as we meditate on your word, would we more and more be like a tree planted by streams of water, standing strong, bearing fruit, thriving no matter what is happening around us? Would you do that in us, Lord? So before we transition into worship, let me invite you, if, if, you have, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, maybe you're watching this, you're thinking, I don't, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, I, I want a relationship with Jesus, I, I want to invite you to receive him. The Bible says that to all who receive him, to those he gave the right to become children of God, you can become a child of God right now, adopted into his family by by receiving Jesus. So if that is the desire of your heart, would you pray this prayer with me? Pray this prayer with me in the silence of your heart. Dear God, or out loud if you're there by yourself or whatever, just pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I know that my life is separated from you, that I'm doing my own thing, I've gone my own way, and I'm separated from you. But I don't want to be separated from you. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me to pay the penalty for my sin. And so I choose right now to place my trust in you, Jesus. I receive you. Come live in me. Forgive all of my sin and transform me from the inside out through the power of your love. Father, I pray for anyone who prayed that prayer. Help them grow in their relationship with you. And I pray for all of us. We would grow in our relationship with you as we spend time meditating on your word and just walking with you in this season. Thank you, Jesus. We pray now that you would set us free to worship you. We love you, God. We praise you in Jesus' name.
Strong will crumble, and I hear the chains hit the ground. 
our trust in your move. We place our trust in your move, God. Because there's no prison wall you can't break through, no mountain you can't move, all things are possible. And there's no Father, we just give you glory. We give you glory that you alone are the God of revival. And even in a season, God, that we find ourselves in where maybe even that word impossible, maybe has been coming out of our mouth far too often. Maybe, may we recognize, Father, right now that there is nothing that is impossible for our God. There is nothing impossible for our God. So God, when we invite you to come into a situation, when we invite you to come in an area of our lives, God, we are inviting the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the God of revival, the, the chain breaker. We are inviting you to come and invade this space. So would you come? Would you make yourself known? 
And God, we just give ourselves to you. We give ourselves to you. God, have your way in us. Thank you, God. And we thank you. I want to leave you with a blessing here in just a moment. Uh, but just before I do, just a couple things uh, just to bring uh, to the forefront here. Uh, once, as you know, um, you know, the things that happen here at Christ Community, um, including this video, they just, they simply don't happen without your generosity, uh, without your partnership coming alongside of us and, um, and supporting us with your resources. So we just want to encourage you once again um, to, uh, to, to be faithful in your giving and the, 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 what God has called you to do um, so we can continue doing this on a regular basis. Um, and then also, I just want to let you know, just to continue to be checking out our website, continue to check out our Facebook page on a regular basis, um, especially throughout the Holy Week this week. Um, there's going to be announcements and just things kind of coming, maybe even at a faster pace than usual. Um, so we definitely want you to be a part of that. So encourage you um, to reach out and, um, and to be a part of what's going on here. Friends, you are not alone, okay? You are not alone. We are walking through this together. And yes, uh, with the help of our good God along with us, we will get through. So friends, let me leave you now with a blessing. Christ community, brothers and sisters, you are the daughters and the sons of the living God. You are his beloved. You are the ones that he focuses his heart and his attention on. Your God is with you and your God is for you. May you know that as you go further into this day and onto the next day and the next day that you do not go forth alone, but your God is with you. He's holding you, he is supporting you and he's taking you by the hand and journeying with you. May you receive his goodness, his love, his gentleness, and his peace in Jesus' name.